going on, everyone? Welcome to Controversial Conversations. I'm Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And uh, I think we got another fiery one here, John. Today, guys, we are talking about the dreaded line dance certification, accreditation, syllabuses, all this nice mumbo-jumbo. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... We recently did some research on this just to see if uh, you listened to the live show we did on Line Dancer Radio on the Honky Tonk Highway. We touched base on this some, and we also touched base a little bit on this in our previous conversation. Um, that was a two-and-a-half-hour one. We this, this got filtered in just a little bit. But truth be told, even looking at the researches we've done, John, our sport, line dancing doesn't really have an accreditation process. Some people say they have accreditation, and you can't see this, but I just used air quotes. But do we really have one that we actually go by? Not consistently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think it would be useful, honestly. Um, It's a matter of finding a way to present the information that's accessible. Um, we just looked at one of the programs and the cost was rather prohibitive. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get on that because <laughs> I said so. in the radio show, the big dreaded thing would be cost effectiveness. And let me tell you, that was not. <laughs> right. So I'm not really sure where to start with this because there's so many aspects of it to talk about, but just in looking at the, the information that we looked at now, um, right before starting this this podcast, most of it is based or appears to be based on ballroom information. Um, not that that's a bad thing. However, there are things that we do in line dancing that I feel are not specifically related to ballroom dancing, and I don't think that I'm incorrect in stating this. Um, if you go to a country bar most of the people dancing there are not going to be wanting to dance like ballroom dancers. And I'm not saying that's bad. Um, it's helpful in the fact that a lot of things we looked at, Kelly, were talking about the, like, the different rhythms, right? So that would be useful to know as a dancer, as a choreographer, as a teacher, an instructor. That's helpful information. But, for example, one of the accreditation programs we just looked at, half of the information presented was about dance styles, rhythms, we don't use in line dancing. So although it would be helpful, I feel like, for a dancer or a teacher to have that background and have that knowledge, it's not really applicable. Um, you know, we don't do very many paso dobles in line dancing. So right. I think any one of the first things is any accreditation certification program should really focus on what we do in the line dance world and what line dance teachers specifically need to know now i guess guess the two places i i would start with this is one do we think it'd be helpful to have a basis like ballroom has syllabuses we get it it works for them country really does not they like they say they have one and it really never got used because written by some ballroom people who has some country background and they wanted to charge an arm and a leg Brian Barakowskis, Mike Wagner just created one. We won't even get into that, but they try to give it away for free, and that got shot down. So, and then, like you just said, 
the ones we did look at are based on ballroom. Well, we both know what ballroom dancing is based on. It's all about getting someone in and getting them to pay more money, almost like a pyramid style. And looking at the websites we looked at, (laughs) that was very much that kind of that avenue. And that's what I meant about accessibility. It's got to be, you know, so just going off a little tangent here, a lot of line dance instructors, not bar instructors, well, bar instructors included, um, but like say local classes, right? A lot of those people kind of just got thrown into being teachers, meaning they started the class, they you know came every week and they looked dedicated and they actually danced fairly well. So, you know, the then when the teacher had to retire or move away or something, then that person ended up taking over the class. Um, not necessarily with any specific training or background in, for example, how to teach a class or run a class or even how to understand music properly to choose the right tracks for the dances they're teaching. Um, so what I mean by accessible, it has to be available to those people you know, at a, at a um, I guess, a price point um, that would be, what's the word I want, that they would find comfortable and also- Best paying for your buck. Yes, exactly. So if I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna pull up uh, an amount out of thin air. So if I, if you're gonna charge me, let's say eight hundred dollars to take an accreditation course or a certification course, I need to know like, well, is that eight hundred dollars gonna be worth it in the long run? So just my own personal thing, um, I took the NTA. One, that's one of the possible options you have is NTA accreditation. Um, I think they do provide useful information. I've done it myself years and years and years ago. Um, and I had my little, you know, you've been certified by the NTA or whatever little card, which I no longer have because I don't really need it. But um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't have to prove that I know what I'm doing. But the point is um, the information was useful. And as far as I'm aware, like with that particular organization, they do offer workshops, training workshops throughout the country. I don't know if there's it's accessible to everybody that way, meaning like is it in your right. area? Um, but you do have to train. You have to take a class with a human being. It's not like something you can do online, as far yep. as I know. I know Dancing Up the Storm had uh, Mike Salerno. Yes. Um, Jamie Marshall at Fort Wayne Dance for All. Marnie have uh, Deborah Kleckler. I know there are tons of other people. I do know a little bit about the NTA. About there was a couple things that we found out when we brought up a, on another show about each state can't have one, more than one representative uh, teaching it and stuff like that. Different things. Yeah. Um, so. I don't, I don't quite know how that, that all works, right. their arrangement. But as, as far as the program's availability, it's, it's fairly affordable because, like, Dancing Up Storm, yeah. if you bought a pass, I mean, you, it, was, it was very reasonable. It was like, I don't know, 25 bucks or something. And you could take as many of the NTA classes as you wanted over the course of the weekend. So that's very reasonable. Absolutely. Then you pay more money to, for the testing. You have yeah, to and I did, I, I did see that. It's 30 bucks per test, which overall, that's not horrible. Right. Um, so then the, the issue I also have is because I'm not completely familiar with any of these programs, to be perfectly blunt. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what they offer. But having done NTA in the past and having witnessed them at the event that I co-hosted, um, some of the, I think the dance fundamentals are super useful and super important for everybody to know. And you don't have to be a teacher. So if you're a dancer and you want to know, like, what are the basic things I need to know about footwork or 
you know, frame or uh, turn technique. That's useful for everybody, right? Um, but especially for teachers, we're talking about teach we're talking about accreditation. So I think most of the information they present, like in the fundamental courses, is really useful for an instructor. I don't know how much of it is tied to, let's say, the ballroom arena. My, and I'm, you know, this is controversial conversation. I'm going to say what I think. Um, once I learned NTA, I used the information that I felt was appropriate <laughs> for the venue I was at. And I always give this example, and I, 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 <laughs> I know I'm going to get in trouble, but I always use this example. I say, when I go to a bar and I'm teaching in a country bar, I'm not going to use highfalutin language. And I don't mean that to sound, you know, like the rednecks or something. But you know what I mean? You don't usually go in a club and say, oh, we're going to chasse to the right and use, you know, fancy terms because they're used to the word shuffle, right? That's what they hear. That's what they're used to. Um, and they all know what it means. Uh, sometimes if you get complicated and you use, use strange terminology that they're not used to, they don't, they don't understand it. Um, so... My point is, is the information being presented in the accreditation program actually something that you're going to use in your venue? Like, is it appropriate? So if you're doing something that's mostly ballroom figures, that's not, honestly, the majority of what we do in line dance. Occasionally, right. yes. Okay, yes. There are certain dances that it come, becomes really helpful and useful. I'm not saying, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that information isn't helpful to a dancer in general and an instructor in general, but if you're paying for it, Give me information that I can put to use right now in my class on Tuesday, right? And make me a better instructor at my class. One of the things I would love to see, and I don't know if any of them offer this, honestly, is how to be a teacher. Not just learning well, step patterns and, and fundamental basics, but how do you actually run a class? How do you, how do you control a, a classroom? How do you, you, know, how do you um, present the information, present the material? What's the best? Do you know about different people's learning styles? So and how to present the information so they get it. So looking at this, and I'm I'm glad you just said that. Some of these things they have you do, or the ways to get certified, they're a little hinky. So first of all, we're, and we're just we're just touching on NTA right now. I have the NTA website up in front of us. Um, not even talking about the other ones we will get to later in this broadcast or this podcast, but. You have to retest every three years. Who's making... Now, is that just for the non-committee members? or Because there's committee members, there's instructors, and stuff like that. The other thing, and this is what I have a little problem with. All it says here under Instructor Examiner, all NCA sanctioned workshops must be conducted by approved dance committee members. Okay, if that's a one thing that, okay, who's putting that board together? The people who already exist? Are they retraining every year? Are they getting recertified every three years? Are they keeping up on their training? Two, it says, before being approved to instruct NTA-sanctioned workshops, you must apprentice under a minimum of two dance committee members for each level. Now, how is that even possible if there's only one per state for the most part? And then it says under there, all approved instructors and members must hold regular weekly classes or at least two classes per month during a calendar year. That's well, – how are you – How? first of all, if you're worried about 
holding that much on just teaching technique, how are you having enough time to go out and, and exam, do ex- doing <laughs> do exams, exams. So, teaching and, normal stuff to keep up with, with yeah. technique and stuff like that? That's yeah. a lot just to be an examiner. It, 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 it makes <laughs> sense to me to have requirements, of course. Um, I, I think that should be true of any program that comes into play. And we just in the, the um, um, online broadcast we did earlier today, Line Dancer Radio, uh, we talked about maybe starting up something. Maybe I should try to put something together over here. Um, then the issue is your people who are, quote unquote, approved to teach the workshops and to do the testing. So uh, I'm just going to come out right out and say it. I've watched some of those people, specifically NTA, and I'm not trying to you know be rude or slam anybody, but I've watched some of them dance, and I'm thinking, how are you... <laughs> what what qualify? I'm sorry, it's the truth. But what qualifies you to to teaching the material I get? Because anybody can teach stuff, right? If once they've been trained in it. What makes this person qualified enough to teach someone like Rachel McEnany White to be qualified? Yeah, Correct. exactly, exactly. That's what or I mean. you. Yeah, that's what I mean. How's this person saying? <laughs> okay, Mr. John Robinson, I'm going to teach you how to teach right now. Come on. <laughs> and the other, you know, so we looked at a couple other options as well, and. One of them doesn't even offer a training program. And they're the most expensive. Yeah, so you're paying money for a a accreditation thing and you're you don't act you can't actually get trained in I'm I'm confused about that one. I'm not sure how that works. Um so a couple things I mean, I don't know where to go with this. There's so much to talk about. Couple things, here's what I see. If you want to have an accreditation. And this could be in whatever industry it is. Number one, whoever's doing it from the top has to be like experts, like acknowledged, recognized experts in the field. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing, right? Number two, there has to be a consistent program offered. So somebody in the, um, the broadcast today sent me an example of a specific step we use in line dancing. I'll just say what it is. It's a scissor step. And somebody had shared on a main platform that we all know, Carol Craven's newsletter, right? Which goes out to thousands of people around the world. And the description of the scissor step is incorrect. So my question is, number one, where did they get this description from? <laughs> who made it? Um, and then why is it, who vetted that? I mean, like, who, how, so one of the things we talked touched on earlier as well was like, well, how do we agree on certain things? Okay. There are certain step patterns that we have done for years and years and years in line dancing, and we all know how they should work. So it's, there's agreement on that, right? There's you know the basic step patterns. We all know what a jazz box should be like. Well, do we or don't we? Because I also had a question from somebody this morning that says, what's a jazz triangle, right? So, uh, oh. I'm going <laughs> to leave that alone. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. Like the consist- And so I'll back up to when I started, okay? Back in the 90s when I started teaching, we didn't have consistency in language. People we still call, don't have. Wait, well, it's, it's 2022. Better. We still know it's not. It is better now. No, it's not. It's John, better. come it on, be honest. It is better. But back then, <laughs> you would have the same move. Let's say, oh, heel splits or toe splits, right? Where you, you spread your, you're on your heels and you spread your toes out and you bring them back home. Or you spread your heels out and bring them back home. Heel splits, toe splits. Common, that makes sense. But people would call them everything under the sun. So I saw step sheets, and this is no lie. Back in the 90s, I saw step descriptions that called them like buttermilks and butterflies and, and just all kinds of names, like 14 different names for a heel split or a toe split. They, it was just, and I'm like, 
Where did that language come from? Okay. Having said that, so we need consistency. We need some kind of syllabus would be great that everybody kind of follows. The question then becomes, you know, how do you get people to actually follow that? You know, we like you said, people still there's still not consistency in language and terminology. One of the goals of the NTA was to create um, consistency in terminology, which is great. I like that idea. That's one of the things I think is really useful. However, as I said earlier, I taught at a bar, and there was no way I was. I mean, I, of course, now I explain to them. If you go to a convention, you'll probably hear this called a chasse. But typically, in a bar, you know, you use shuffle step. You use, yeah, they know what a shuffle is: shuffle right, shuffle left, shuffle right. up, shuffle, shuffle back, whatever. Right. They know what that means. And so, even though that particular term might mean something else in a different dance form, I totally get that. I'm not, you know, I totally understand that. But part of that issue, I think, especially with, I know from looking at what we have on our screen right now with the different programs, is part of it's they're trying to base it off of ballroom. So I would bet you some of these things we do in our line dance in world, you don't actually do in ballroom dancing. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, so right? we just, we, we have a couple different ones. We have, we pulled up line dancers um, wiki page, which we it has all the terms, the levels and stuff like that, which is always a great tool. We pulled up the NCA. We also pulled up line dance sport, ILDF, ILDSF, International Line Dance Sport Federation, which, according to their homepage, what is line dance sport? It says it's ballroom dancing solo and in groups. It's line dancing using the standard ballroom techniques and styling. It's social dancing with a group where we all perform the same choreography together, and it's a ton of fun. But <laughs> this is where we got a little... Hinky, when you go to the catalog to see how to get the the syllabuses and stuff, they have a bronze and silver syllabus of patterns, a 160-page book that contains 440 dance patterns plus their variation just for bronze and sil silver, $139.99 for that book. And then there's two more books, one for bronze, $54.99. It's an 82-page book that contains 55 different amalgamations that's utilizing 260 patterns then the silver one it's 75 not even available yet it says available soon and it's a 150 page book that contains 60 dance um, with 169 patterns then there's the 16 all 16 bronze and silver dvds in ntsc format so you can't even get you can't even get them overseas because they use pal for those who don't know that um $775 for the 16 DVD set. Doing the math, that's 30 something dollars a DVD. If I if my math is correct there, 16 into 72, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with that. I don't have a calculator Sorry. in front of me. I'm too tired to do math. Right I, now, I don't have a calculator in front of me. <laughs> I'm I'm now I'm curious cuz I'm yeah. going to pull up my phone so, cuz that's going to bug the question, me. The question then becomes like how much so it's based on um ballroom, right? Um $48.44 a DVD. A DVD, which is quite a lot. But by you, this is one <laughs> that we just, we haven't got to the, the kicker on all this. They sell all this. There's no testing, no certification process to get certified in this. There's a ton of information for you to read. You're going to spend all that money, over $1,000, and you still can't get certified in it. Yeah, there's no accreditation for that one. 
Um, yeah. So that's an, that is <laughs> well, that's a that's a definite big issue. My other issue, and you know, of course, every I get it. I know that a lot of um, a lot of people in the past. I'm not sure how this how prevalent this thought process is now, but in the past, a lot of people sort of looked down online dancing as oh we're uncouth because we don't know proper technique and we don't know all this ballroom stuff. I'm un- I'm going to be blunt. I taught at a bar. That's how I started. Nobody gave a rat's ass. This is <laughs> this is controversial conversations. I can say what I want, right? Nobody really gave a rat's ass about about whether you looked like a ballroom dancer. You're at a bar, right? I totally get it. You don't want people falling down. You don't want people hurting themselves. I I understand that part too. But and tech, I, we just did a whole thing about technique. So I'm not saying technique's not important. But what I'm saying is, if the information is being provided, it needs to be appropriate for the venue, right? I took, I started with ballroom, right? When I was 19, I took ballroom lessons. Most of that stuff I don't use now. It's not, it, it has no value to me. And I, I'm glad I did it. I know what I you know, learned was useful. But in the line dance arena, a lot of that information is just not, it's not usable. It's not, it doesn't translate. And one of the things I always said about NTA, going back to that, was I'm going to use what I learned about right. foot positions, body, you know, how do you, you move from your, all that stuff was useful to me, your frame, your core, blah, 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 the basic patterns. I totally get all that. But the couple stuff wasn't really especially beneficial to me at that time when I did my original training. Because I'm like, why do I have to show you two-step figures. I'm not teaching two-step. I mean, it's great to know if you are going to be doing two-step. And of course, if you're doing a two-step line dance, if you're choreographing it, it's helpful to know that kind of stuff, what figures are appropriate. But that type of information, which I had to pay to test on, wasn't really useful to me as a line dance teacher. So whatever we do for the line dance community, again, I feel needs to be specifically targeted to the line dance community. And honestly, maybe I'm sure there will be people who completely disagree with me Line dancing can be its own form of dance. We have influences from other forms of dance, but I don't feel it's necessary to conform to those other forms of dance sometimes. So, for example, a shuffle, what we call a shuffle. Well, in a different dance form, that is a completely different pattern. But we're not doing that dance form. We're doing line dancing. And everybody calls a shuffle, triple step, whether it's forward, back, sideways, a shuffle. So... You know, if we can just use that language consistently, everything's cool, right? Um, so part of my issue with these, the, the, the programs that seem to be currently available is why would nobody want to pursue it? Because a lot of the information may not be appropriate for what you're doing. Right. Does that make sense? Total sense. So. Um, I, I find it extremely funny you said uh, a little bit ago how no one really takes line dancer serious and how we think. I remember going back 11, 12 years at UCWDC World Championships, and it was here in Orlando, Florida. And um, the top two divisions, Masters and Division One, of couples were won by line dancers. Mm, Lee, remember, yeah. Lee Easton and Fabian Hensel won Division One, and Clive Stevens and Emily Drinkle at the time won Masters. In the same year, <laughs> the top couples dancers in the country western sport were all line dancers <laughs> so <and> i'm <laughs> glad you brought that up kelly i'm really i'm glad you said that because i feel so i've watched couples compete for quite a while since the mid 90s and i remember distinctly ucwc comps 
when they would have to do their shine portions, and if you don't know what that means, listeners, that means they're doing a couple's routine, and then they let go of each other, and they do, like, quote-unquote, maybe a little sort of line dance portion where they just dance. It's it's patterns that are unleadable. Yes. That you're supposed to know that you just practice and they're in your routine. And most of the time, they actually step apart from each other, and they do this little choreography, which, you know, could be likened to a line dance. And they always, almost all the time, looked so uncomfortable doing it, right? So my point there is, you know, it makes sense to me that the line dancers could ace the couples, you know, and and win. Um, It makes you more well-rounded. So that's, I guess, one of the good things about a training program like this is that they do give you that information about the couples. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's not helpful or beneficial. I'm saying whatever accreditation program we make or create for line dancing needs to be specifically line dance oriented in everything that's presented. Like, okay, here's how a two-step line dance would work. You know, these are the characters. So we looked at um, Line Dancer Web briefly, mm-hmm. and they have extremely brief descriptions of the different rhythms. So let's say like two-step or West Coast Swing or East Coast Swing or Samba or Salsa or yep. Rumba, everything, any kind of dance, Bolero, you know, bachata, there's so many dance forms. So there's just very brief descriptions about them. They're not in-depth enough, I feel, to actually help somebody understand that rhythm, that style. And I think I, whatever program I, comes out should have that information. So Because we do this. We have that in our line dance world. But I think that, well, I understand that we have that in line dance world, but the question is how many line dancers, and we just touched about this on our topic on our radio show earlier, how many line dancers actually know it? Right. They don't that's, know the and I think are. that's going to be the problem with the accreditation and finding the syllabus is, okay, so let's say, let's say you wrote a syllabus, John. How many people are going to agree with your syllabus? That's going to be the other issue, getting right. people to agree. And oh, I, think I, that was a, I think yeah. that was a big issue when, like, Brian and, and Mike did the syllabus mm. for couples dancing, you know, their biggest thing is people argue like, well, well, I don't agree with that. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I'm if, like, really? Yeah. And if I, if I did take on this endeavor, which would be crazy, I think, but if I did, I would definitely want a consensus of the people that I feel are like Joe Thompson, Samansky. she's been in this industry forever, right? Just like me. Um, pretty reliable source of information. I think she actually did a DVD on the 70, you know, most common steps in line dancing, right? So I kind of trust your judgment. Um, There are people that, and, you know, that goes goes back to that explanation of a scissor step that was incorrect. I mean, anybody, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but if you have done line dancing for any amount of time, you should know how a scissor step is executed. However, I've seen people teaching, and I'm talking local instructors or um, bar instructors, teaching moves and calling them the wrong things. So when I go there to teach and I say, oh, do you all know how to do a blah, blah, blah stuff? And they're like, sure. Or sometimes they say no. And then I show it and they go, oh, well, our teacher calls it blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting because that's a completely different step. <laughs> I I think we run into that a lot. And I, I know we touched on this. Is The question is how many people are calling it wrong to, to get it to fake out what divisions are supposed to be in? To put it wrong on the step sheet because they say certain steps shouldn't be in different levels for either even to for classification purposes or competition purposes. How many people are out there? They know the step, but they're purposely saying, "Oh, it's supposed to be this," but they're not dancing that. They're dancing <laughs> it the right way, but they're putting on their step sheet 
this way. Right. How many of that I because to be honest, watching what I we see, I feel that happens more often than not. People that truly know what they're supposed to be doing, know what it should be called, know how it should be written, but they're going to write it a different way to try to get away with it. So that would be an excellent thing to have in the accreditation program, the, the training program as well. And we don't even, you know, maybe, I don't know, there's so much, there's so many aspects of this we still need to talk about. But my point is, if there was a resource, right, that everybody was aware of and could easily access, where these things would be explained for them and laid out, let's say, the syllabus of dance moves or whatever, um, it would it would probably help with that a little bit. And, but again, it's a matter of who looks at it, who sees it, who actually takes that, the time to research that. That actually you know. would be my next question. Uh oh. Truthfully, coming from, truthfully straight up from you, how many people do you think would actually use it? That's a good question. Because I think there's there, and again, I have a feeling part of it would have to do with. The cost and the accessibility, right? And the like. So, to me, looking at let's say, I'll just pick line dance sport, right? Looking at what's being offered in the program, a lot of that would not apply to me if I was just teaching my local class on Tuesday as a line dance teacher, maybe even in a bar. A lot of that stuff would not be appropriate to what I'm doing. It would be of no value to me. So, of course, I would not want to subscribe or pay or or do whatever. So, I think. But even even if you were able to use that information for that price point with no right, right. with no then, accreditation yeah, testing with no yes with no, no testing to get, yeah. say oh yeah by the way I have this yeah back in the day I mean when I did my NTA testing and had my little you know cards you know ooh you're an NTA accredited and you could put it on your business card I'm right you know, accredited with the NTA at that time it was actually somewhat kind of useful and impressive because there also wasn't as many, many now, like right. everybody and their brother and sister can be a dance teacher whether they're qualified or not um <laughs> it's true um but unless we're trying to thought oh paying price right right so the other aspect of it though is if somebody puts together a program you know i don't know what let's say the cost was to put that dvd set together you know, mm -hmm. I've filmed things with people and there's right. there's cost involved. So I'm also hosting workshops to teach this stuff. Um, I get people asking me website pricing. Yeah. Yeah. All there's, this. So it's because yeah. it's a business. It is a business. We have to admit it's a business. Whatever, whatever, however, whatever avenue this testing accreditation certification takes, it is a business. Um, you have to the people who do the training have to be compensated somehow. If they go travel somewhere, they're going to have cost if they fly they have their flight costs they have their room costs you know they have to eat while they're there it's it's there's expense involved um and i meant to say this in the program today that we were on earlier but i feel sometimes i feel as if our modern society and specifically our dance community is so used to getting everything for free everything's on youtube everything's just oh just click here and get what you know nobody wants to pay for anything um and if i don't if you don't mind i'm going to make a little aside I was on tour with Scooter Lee, and I forget what country he went. I think it was Germany. And afterwards, one of the teachers in Germany sent both Scooter Lee and me and Joe Thompson-Samansky, it was the three of us, a message because it was about a dance Joe and I had written to one of Scooter's songs. This has nothing to do with accreditation, but it has everything to do with paying money for stuff. Um, and wrote to Scooter f first, I think. I can't remember if they wrote, I forget who they wrote to first. Anyway, they sent a separate message to each of the three of us. 
not all at the same time, but one after the other to try to get the song for free. And I said, you know, Scooter Lee's an independent artist. It's great. You can, you can easily go on her website and download her track from there. It was like $1.29, like you would pay on iTunes. No big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Then wrote to Joe, <laughs> can you please send me the music? And then wrote, you know, finally wrote to Scooter and said, and could you send me the song? She's like, yeah, it's available to purchase, you know, and it's even available overseas through Amazon or whatever. The dude refused to pay $1.29 and then said, I will never teach any of your dances to Joe and me, and I will never play your music ever again in my class because that person didn't want to pay $1.29, which is to me is just crazy and asinine. I'm sorry. That's just being stupid. So when it comes to something like this, you know, you have to determine the, the person who's wanting to, to purchase it has to determine, is it a value to you? Right. The person putting it out also has to offer that value. Whatever you provide, you know what would be great? And this thoughts run through my head like rabbits. <laughs> what would be great is if there was like an online program. They could do it that way. They could do the training on because then you don't have to go see a live person. Oh, yeah, there is. You know? It's called it's called recording or live <laughs> zooms and huh. yeah, one, but, I, I wonder who you know that does all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like a subs- right. maybe like a subscription model that's reasonable, right? And so once you do this training, then I don't know how that would all work. I'm not an expert on that thing. But it would make it a little more accessible to people because to have to do in-person training is not right. always easy. Maybe there isn't a workshop near you. You know, Maybe the nearest one is like 17 hours away. Well, then how do you make that work? Maybe you're in a different country and you still want to do this training. That's the thing, though. This kind of training crosses all borders, right? Learning how to dance properly and to teach. We haven't really talked about that a whole lot. There's a lot involved in learning to teach well as well. And it's not just about the dance steps and the patterns. It's also knowing how to to run a class and how to present information, which I've done a whole series on my Patreon page, by the way, about how to be a a better teacher. Um, But that's a whole other aspect of it we haven't really even talked about in these. Do these programs offer that? Like, do they actually train you to be a teacher? I've had... Well, considering it's called the NTA, which is National National Teachers Teachers Association, (laughs) I would sure hope so. Well, so if not... They're kind of mislabeled. <laughs> exactly. I have to say, most everything I know, if you didn't, if those of you listening didn't know this already, I'm pretty much self-taught. Everything that I do and everything I know, I've pretty much taught myself. I mean, I've gone to workshops and things and learned from people, but I haven't been like privately coached or taken specific training. Most of it, I've taken the initiative to learn myself. So the great thing for me is when I go to a class and somewhere I've never taught before, and there's a teacher in the class. And I don't mean a line dance teacher. I mean a teacher. They teach school. They teach some other, like, for their organization. They instruct people how to do something. Biggest compliments, some of the biggest compliments I've had in my whole career is when a teacher comes up to me and says, I love the way you present the material. It's so easy to follow you, but you also make it fun, and you're just a really good instructor. That is speaks volumes to me about what I'm doing as an instructor. And I'm always trying to improve what I do as an instructor. I'm always trying to accredit, accredit, what is it? <laughs> Certify myself, right? Because there is no way to, to get certification. I'm always trying to, to, to improve my own abilities as an instructor, always. Right. How else can, what's a, what's a, uh, there's, there's things you need to know as an instructor, not just the step patterns, which is really, really, really important. But you also have to know, like, like how do you explain it? How do you present it? Do you understand that certain people have, you know, different learning styles? 
You have visual learners. You have auditory learners. You have kinesthetic learners. You have scientific learners. You have people who want to know the number. You know, when you're in a class and somebody goes, can you count that for me? It's because their head works differently from the person just watching your feet. They need to hear the number. They have to know the structure. Or the people that need to hear the structure, like kickball change, rock recover, coaster, they need to hear that. Or I'll give an example of a student I had that said, I need to know what direction we're facing at the end of each wall. You know, that's the way they learn. Like, are we at 1 o'clock? Are we at 6 o'clock? It clicks better for them. So how do you know as a teacher how to do that? Like, what approaches do you take? How do you present material? If you watch the best instructors in a line dance class, you're going to see they present material in a multitude of ways. We call the steps. We cue the steps. We do the numbers. We make noises. We use analogies. Um, we put the music on so you can feel how it goes to the track. Good instructors, well-trained instructors, know that they have to present the material in a bunch of different ways so that everybody gets it and everybody's comfortable in the limited time frame that they have. So those skills are something that I think should be presented in whatever kind of certification or accreditation is being offered. So I'm, I'm just pulled up and I'm trying to see. I think I found another one for us. Oh, yep. Uh, and it won't load. Website won't come up. Nope, it will not come up. So I, I, I randomly decided to put in line dance teacher certification just in Google. Um, Who wants that one? Which one? The June Kitty or the Country Fusion? Countryfusion.net. Best online dance instructor certification. Which I've never heard of. Dance Fitness. Oh, Country Fusion Dance Fitness. Oh. So I guess it's Dance Fitness. and $300. Become a Country Fusion star with the online instructor certification process. Discover the history of Country Fusion. Learn about so the setup of a Country Fusion class, such as lit intervals. I'm assuming this is some kind of dance fitness. Is what? Your certification. Go back. Your certification includes an instructor's manual, reference videos, and an exam. Right. So for the 300 bucks, it sounds like the Country Fusion good. burns 500 plus calories in 15 minute sessions. It sounds it's, like a Zumba thing. Yeah, it does sound very yeah. much like a Zumba thing. Um, so, and as we, I don't know if you know this, but anybody can become a certified Zumba instructor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, not to be rude, but so is that the case with this? Is it just, uh, you know, This oh. one is June, June Kitty Active Aging Professional, Line Dance Instructor Certification Program, level $199. Line Dance Young and Old, level one certification, how to become a teacher. One day intensive. Get a manual, private video access, monthly routines, and a certificate of completion. Contact Tampa Bay Bodies. This seems local. Hmm. We should reach out. I know June, actually. <laughs> I do. I know her. I want this one to load up. This one, this is one I believe has been brought up in, on my show. The yes, ICLDI. I've seen, I've seen their posts, yeah, on Facebook as yeah. well. And in the newsletter. Yeah, but the, for some reason, the website will not load at all. So it looks like there are several options available, but my question is who who actually has participated in any of these? And why have I not heard of some of them? You know what I mean? They're not universal. This one is uh, Dance with Janet. Are you ready to become a dance instructor? Uh, you learn people, people, psychology, 
That's important. That's actually creating the dance with Janet community. See, this makes more sense. You got the mechanics, mechanics of teaching. teaching, gigs, basic dance steps, triples and turns, step sheets. The only thing, okay, so I don't agree with that though. The <laughs> teaching about gigs should not be above teaching the steps. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> right. kicker. The order, the sequence might not right. Be. So, what's including your training package? Okay. Um, 12 to 18 hours of live training. You can attend in person or virtually. 12 hours of videos plus manuals of the live training. 36 hours of additional coaching assistance. Beginner one and two curriculum. Membership in the Dance with Janet instructor Facebook group. Oh, cool. And complimentary access to the Dance with Janet members only videos and step sheets. So, yep. And I know Janet. As well. I must say, she looks familiar. Yep. So she's doing. Uh, she's actually doing a weekend event in the Chicago area. Yes, September eleventh, oh, cool. tenth uh, and eleventh. I must say, I yeah, I, she looks familiar. I've looked like I've seen her. Yep. Oh yeah, I know. John. At uh, that doesn't say what the price is. There's no price. Uh, Click. Uh, go to learn more. Ah, here we that go. Might just be about her. Yep. I'm just wondering if there's a price. Yeah, she does have the NTA logo, so it looks like she is certified. Oh, there we go. Ooh. 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 That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts at $1,000 or $1, up to $1,400. Ooh. I've been doing this for 24 years. Come pick my brain and learn yeah. everything I but know. But the Ooh. great thing there is she's actually offering more information about actually how to run a class, how to structure a class, how to market yourself. So that, that seems more comprehensive. Now, here's my question, and I thought I was told by this. When we talked about this on my show, if she's advertising she's NTA trained, I thought NTA trainers and teachers and people who are NTA certified weren't allowed to run their own program like this. I don't know. I'm That's not sure about that. That one I'm not sure about. I thought I thought I had a couple of people say because this is way more than what NTA charges. Right. So that's cool. What I like about it, though, is that it's a more comprehensive program. Yeah, it did look like she broke it down and had different yeah. um, different sections. Yes. Those are also important things. But, you know, this is – but that – I love it because it's more like a how, how to become a dance instructor. Right. It's not necessarily just, a, just an accreditation program. Um, that's not quite the same thing, right? It's, it's a – That was the other thing I, I was confused about the NTA because when I pulled up the accreditation – info it says it has not been updated since 2017 Ooh. so yeah. five years has no updates on any of it so the question is how much of this is actually still how it goes because right i know where the nta came came from i know who started the nta kelly gillette was a wealth of knowledge yes. that woman Definitely. If you oh, never I, got to meet Kelly yeah. Gillette, who and so started into that. Is, Ooh, let me tell you. Yes. And she knew, like, that's what I mean. She knew, like, all about all she different knew genres of yes. dance. Yeah. But fast. And she was great. I mean, I loved her. So um, she loved her ocelots. <laughs> Amazing woman. But her, her, her dance knowledge was just incre crazy incredible. Yeah. I so, know Brian went out and interviewed her and did a, did a whole interview thing on her for West Coast Swing Online. And let me tell you. The amount of knowledge that woman has. Yeah. So, and and speaking of that, that's a good segue. The amount of knowledge available to everybody right now is crazy, incredible, because we have this thing called the internet, right? So, we if do? you wait, we do. I, you don't really <laughs> I have know, a little... not where I live. 
<laughs> but I mean, <laughs> when you have access to it, it's fantastic. So my point is, even if you maybe can't find an accreditation program or you can't afford an accreditation program, if you're an instructor, you have resources available to to you to continue the learning process, is my point. You can educate yourself, right? I don't, and let me just say this, I don't find it necessary, of course, and you're going to say, well, you've been around forever, or you know a lot, but I don't find it necessary to be accredited or certified by anybody. I'm pretty damn good at what I do, right? So I don't need a piece of paper or a certificate that says, or a card that says, oh, you're accredited with so-and-so as a teacher. Right. I can tell if anybody asks to hire me, I'm like, well, I've been doing it full-time since 1999. I've been teaching since 1994. Um, you know, I'm in two halls of fame and I travel the world. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. So, you know, my record stands for itself. But if you are any type of dance instructor, I think part of that falls on you to continue your education. I can't stress this enough. I say this all the time. Learn as much as you can about everything related to dance because it's just going to help you. Obviously, some sort of certification that would put us all on the same page would be really useful. Um, but if but that's not I don't think it will. I still this is this is again I don't think it will because you're still going to have okay a perfect example if we both turn around and went and got a credit somewhere we're both going to have the same certificate saying we're equals but we're still not equal John <laughs> and I you see what I'm saying right that's right, like right because right, right, yeah. then guess what I can advertise I'm on the same level as Mr. <laughs> Showcase but I'm not that would be lying <laughs> that's a good point um, and and lying to get. Lying and say just because yeah, you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. You can take and oh, trust me, I'm glad. I'm glad you said this because you can take a test and pass a test and still be a crappy instructor. It doesn't doesn't right. mean, doesn't mean you've aced everything you need to know to be an excellent teacher just because you passed the test. Yeah. Right. Because tests usually have a like a curve or a, what do you call it a a point where you can pass yes. and you don't have to ace it to pass usually. Um, so that doesn't really, in my eyes, that that doesn't. It tells me that you took the initiative to actually try to better yourself. That's right. a good thing. But it doesn't really tell me how qualified are you. Like, okay, I'll just say it right out. I travel all over. We have people. I see people everywhere. All kinds of instructors of all levels, of all different abilities, all over this world. Some of them are just amazing. The way they command the room. I think I said this earlier. You know, the way they run their class, the way they're entertaining or not. But it, it, whatever works for them, and it works. And it's just, I love those classes. I go and go, like, you're really good. And also inspires me. I've picked up a lot of little nuances along the way from local instructors, right? The one thing that I do all the time that nobody else does is teach 16 counts and then turn to the new wall and practice it from the new wall. Other people have started doing that because, and I didn't make that up. I saw that at a local teacher's class, and I thought, what an awesome idea. This is so cool. So anyway, but then you have people who are, actually being hired as stars in our community who are really not the best greatest instructors I've ever seen you know they don't pay attention to the class around them like is everybody getting it um, sometimes the language they use is not clear you're like what what do you and I'm I'm a, I've done this forever and I'll be standing because I usually stand in the back or way on the side and I'll be like what the he what the heck do they mean I'm, try I'm trying to watch their feet because what right. you just came out of your mouth made no sense um, they might not also have the right call or cadence, which makes it extremely challenging to, to learn something when they're just not counting right. Or the words they're using are, it's, let's say somebody's talking too much, right? So instead of saying like, rock, recover, coaster set, they're like, 
rock your right foot, and then left coaster, and there's too many words coming out. It's like, shh, you need to know what cadence and call and, and on the count or before the, you need to know how all that works, right? So that you're clear in the community and the class gets it. It's not confusing in the head. So we still have people that are supposedly at that hiring level of, oh, I can bring you in and teach at a major convention, um, but I don't necessarily feel they're quite at that level, like you said. So they may be viewed as, oh, you're on the, you know, this tier of teacher, but are they really? So how do we, how is it even possible to police that or to judge it or to, to maybe make that more consistent by having some sort of program? And then the other thing is, would they actually do it? Would they, would they pursue it? That I'm glad you said about the whole cadence and call because I've witnessed this and I've seen plenty of people and it drives me absolutely bonkers for like two step and West Coast, not West Coast, but two step nightclub. They can't call the rhythm or they can only call the rhythm and not the count. Like for those who out there don't know what I'm talking about two step, even though it's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, it quick, quick, slow, slow, quick. A lot of time that little nuance is, is what helps or like a nightclub yes. slow, Quick, 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 slow. Yeah. And you can't – got people who can't do that. Like you ask them – you turn around and go, can you do it in the rhythm? And they look at you with like you have six heads. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you – like we only deal with counts in line dancing. No. Yeah. No. That's that's also a part of knowing how to present the material. Um, right. If you understand how the – because you're right. When I learn something, it, it makes a whole lot more sense to me when I hear the song. Because sometimes the instructor is not presenting the, the patterns in the rhythm, right? And I'm going, huh? What? How? Why are we doing that pattern? That doesn't make any sense to me. And you put the song, I'm like, oh, the song goes slow, slow, quick, 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 quick. And that's why the dance goes da, 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 right? So you're absolutely right. Knowing how to present that rhythm and understanding it and, and knowing how to call it and say it, and it's, that's all very important. Yeah, exactly. And it, it drives me nuts. When the other thing, the pet peeve, is you're going to be an instructor, is know the dance before you teach it. That's I, not important. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, and so things, as long as we're on this topic, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be recognized as an accredited certified instructor, know how to read a step sheet. <laughs> That'd be really helpful. Um, well, I hold on. We, we touched on this earlier. I'm going I'm, I'm to argue this for 10 seconds. And it's not the fact that we shouldn't know how to, but the issue is, I think, what we need to start with is how you to need to know how to write it first. <laughs> I was just going to say, because people have to know how to write Sometimes, no offense, we have both in the last two days looked at step sheets and be like, yeah. what are they talking about? Exactly. Because we, we'll pull up songs, we'll be listening to music, thinking we're going to write a new dance. And we're like, okay, let's look and see what, okay, wait, this dance, this, there's, there's a dance out to this song, but let's look at it. We couldn't even understand the 32 <laughs> counts they were talking about. Because the step sheet was not. Because the step sheet was that horrible. horrible. Yeah. So we turned around and pulled up a video. Granted, the video wasn't much better because it didn't look – they didn't look like they were doing what they written on the step sheet. <laughs> so well, it's – Yeah, and in relation to that, practice it ahead of time. Yeah. Why show up at your class uh, okay. not ever having You and it? I both know the standard for a <laughs> weekly class participant – Oh, wait, I have to teach at 7 p.m. tonight, 5.45. Okay. Oh, I sh better learn or write something that I'm going to teach. <laughs> on the way there. On the right. <laughs> you know what happens. Yeah. Come on, it, no. comes, it happens to me at events. I go to do yes. the video. 
Thursday. Oh, I haven't even learned the dance I'm teaching tomorrow yet. You you do know you have demos tonight, right? <laughs> it, come on. You could you you submitted them weeks ago. Right. <laughs> I know it cracks me up. Although I have to say I do that sometimes myself. But I'm pretty good at this, right? I can learn something. It's the truth. I've yeah, actually no, learned it. I've learned a dance walking up to the stage getting ready to teach it because I didn't know I was teaching it, right? So I can I can handle that. But my point is, of course you're going to come across better if you're prepared. That's part of being an instructor of any kind. You prepare for your lesson. You do it in advance so that you're when you get there because you never know what the variables variables are going to be, right? So if you're prepared, you're better able to handle and be flexible in case some weird wrench gets thrown into the works and throws off your your groove, right? Um, that's this happens to me quite frequently when I did the workshop I just did in Myrtle Beach. I wasn't familiar with that crowd, right? right? A large majority of them, it was their very first walk workshop of that kind ever. I mean, they do their little class, but they'd never taken like this kind of a workshop with a traveling instructor coming in. And of course, you know, when I do these little mini tour type things, it's a little more intensive because I have a limited amount of time. I'm trying to present something. If there's multiple levels of dancers attending, which there were, I try to do something super easy for the beginners, a little more challenging to move towards the improver level, and then an improver dance or an intermediate dance or maybe both. It just depends who's there and how much time we have. So. I had a plan in mind of what I was going to teach. And when I saw them dancing to start open dancing, I was like, oh, I need to teach something else for the first dance. It needs to be way easier than what I was originally going to use because they were beginner. I mean, like, not absolute beginners, but very close to it. Um, And so I was able to be flexible and have something different in place and ready to go, right, and and use that. So that's also part of, of, you know, if you want to be certified and, and accredited as an instructor, know how to be prepared to be flexible to have multiple tools you know available to you in case you need to change your plan um kind of on the same lines but kind of not um djs should the djs have to go through some type of training in order to work <laughs> on that granted we we Ooh. are very thank we are thankful we have some very good ones currently we have we have some very good ones that are at some events but there are events that like, ouch. Yeah. So that's that's a good question, and I kind of like how I think one of the programs that we that we looked at today said you have to was it I think it was NTA said you have to apprentice. I think DJing is very much like that. DJing is something that you have to do in the field really, um, and no, apprenticing with somebody is really helpful. Um, you could train. You I think you would agree with me on this. You could sort of be trained to be a DJ, but that's something where, and teaching is like this too, because again, you might you might not know what your crowd's going to be like, right? You have to be able to read the room, which is that's a, that's yeah. a big thing right there, yeah. reading the room. Yes. same and thing that, have, that goes along with teaching. Yeah, you also have to know how to to build energy and let it let it taper off. Or if you have energy built and the crowd is at this level, you may not want to taper it off because you might want to keep maintain that level for a while because they're really going. Yeah, and you bring it down and it's like, oh, we were just having a great time. What did you play that song for? Which I've seen that happen. You're like, oh, we're just getting fired up, and then you put on the slow track. You're like, what, the, what the hell? Like, we were all like ready to just party, and then, oh, well, that was a mood killer, and kind of just pff, the mood just goes away. Yeah, you so, kind of have to have ups and downs, yeah. ups and downs, and you knowing just, when. Right. You know, it's not just oh, you have a pre-programmed no, you can't do that. Yeah, setup. Um, so yeah, but it's it's. Um, I know that we we had a DJ who was on the circuit for a long time, Louis Saint George. And then he sort of went away from the line dance community. So then it was like, we also had JP. So, But really, and JP had done 
his own DJing, but when he came in to some of the big conventions, he sort of kind of worked with Louis and saw how Louis did it mm-hmm. and kind of apprenticed, if you want to call it that. Um, and now you have, let's say, Christopher Gonzalez coming in um, to working some of the ballrooms as well, and he needs guidance. You know, anytime you bring somebody into a deep, and that's the whole, that's the, that's the same thing with teachers. Every venue is going to be different. So how you would DJ at home to your local class or to your one-day workshop may not work at a giant convention you know, with 700 people in your ballroom. You might have to change the approach or how you do it. Um, so yeah, that's probably, it's probably a little bit of both. Like learn how to be a good DJ, but then actually work with somebody who can show you the ropes, right? And how they how they change their approach during the night. Um, that's true in your teachers, like I said earlier, being it, flexible. And I think it's true about you got to know which people to to ask the questions to and, and yes. take the advice from because a lot of people will be willing to give you advice. <laughs> Whether or not that's the best advice in the world, nope. I know people ask people ask me questions all the time. Not everyone's going to think, oh, I wouldn't ask him, but I'm, not, I'm just going to be straightforward with you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing like that. I'm going to be brutally honest. Do you always like capitulate to the person that comes up screaming at you because you didn't play my damn song? Um, <laughs> I get. I remember my DJing days and getting yelled at a lot. And, you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know how to handle I, something did, like Well, that. no, this happened when I DJed, and I believe you were here for there for this one when I DJed at Fun in the Sun. Um, after the show, we didn't even open the ballroom until ten o'clock at night because we had the show and then the raffle and all that blah blah mess and the rewards and. 10.30 rolls around, I already have seven pages of requests or something like that. Something something stupid. And here comes in Jen Cameron, the event director, saying, hey, I need you to play these songs. I go, Jen, I'm getting to them. She goes, well, they're right here. I go, Jen, that's my fifth or sixth page of request. She goes, what? She goes, you've been open for 30 minutes. I go, I know. I go, these are already the pages. I go, I'm trying to skip around. I go, but we've been open for th-. She goes, she said she's been waiting here hours. I go, we opened 30 minutes ago. You know we, I was in there videotaping the rewards. So we get through there, and next morning rolls around. I'm sitting at the desk next to Jen, and someone comes up. Don't recognize me a bit. and wants story. to talk to Jen. <laughs> right, I know you know this story. <laughs> wants to talk to Jen and complain about the DJ. Didn't even realize. This tells you how much they don't pay attention. Didn't even realize that I was the one that was DJing in the room, and I'm sitting next to Jen as she's telling Jen this story. At all. I'm like, um, no. And Jen, she finally walked away and she goes, she didn't even realize you were there. I go, I know. <laughs> she didn't realize that you, that you were the DJ. I go, in the same event on, on Friday night, someone comes up to me and goes, uh, you're not supposed to be DJing here. Where's Mary Kay? We want the same DJ from last night. <laughs> I was the DJ in that room last night. I'm like, it's, so, no, I go through it, and I go through it at when I've DJed at clubs and stuff like that. So, shout out huge to the DJs, but I've also been at events where they have DJs who are not prepared, are not yeah. prepared for what they're getting into at all. It's, so, it, part of it is, and this is true of every job, every every career is is learning the craft, right? You know this with your whole podcast, your your drone uh, everything that you do right i know mm-hmm. this from being a dance teacher from my jewelry making from your music my, now yep now my music you learn the craft you learn what you need to learn to do the job well 
Um, and that applies across the board, whatever you're doing, DJing, teaching, it's, it's, that should be true of everything that you do in life. I'm going to use the word Bracken doesn't like here. You have to do your homework. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, and having said that, I'm going to give you homework. <laughs> Whoever's listening. I mean, seriously, I'm being serious. I try to learn something new every day. Whatever, it, it, whatever aspect of life. It doesn't have to be about dancing or teaching or jewel, whatever. I try to learn something new every day. Just look up some random thing that I know nothing about. Just to learn something new. It keeps me invigorated. It keeps, I, I was, and usually it's fascinating. Like, oh, I didn't know that. I can't remember. I just learned something really cool the other day. I don't remember what it was. Like, I never knew that before, right? There's so much we don't know. And when it comes to being a teacher, being a, a DJ, whatever it is, you will benefit and grow and become much better if you try, especially if you try to learn something new about your craft every day, right? It's super easy. Go online, do a Google search for, you know, Oh, different learning styles. If you're if you're a dance instructor and you want to know how to appeal to different learning styles, or um, what's the best way to talk about uh, balance, right? What exercises can I incorporate and in, say into my class? Especially if you have a class at home. That's this is super important. You should do this. You should teach your class to to number one stretch, loosen up when they get there because most people don't. Um, teach them about balance. Teach them about how to. You know, shift. I do this a lot when I have. I, I tell people to, to stand on one leg and then pick up the other foot and see if they have to shift their weight further over. It's all about your where your core is and how you create better balance. You know, with your the bend in your knee and and the, the way you hold your arms and all that kind of stuff. It's all useful information. So every day, every day, even if it's just for two minutes, try to research something and look up something new. You know, you can create your own little certification program by continually growing your own self no oh, agreed um and guys if you're going to a couple websites you want to, might want to check out nta.ntadance.com is the website for the national teacher association you have linedancesport.com you can check those out if you want to spend that much money on some books and dvds but again they don't have any accreditation um line dancer um, magazine.com you can get get there via Line Answer Web. I think it's is it Line Answer Web. It is Line Answer Web, but it oh, looks like okay, gotcha. uh, this is the old Line Answer Magazine uh, links. Gotcha. Uh, Wiki Dance on Line Answer Web, and it'll take you to a bunch of stuff uh, under Wiki Dance of steps, styles, terms, levels, etiquette, stuff like that. So you can take it. Um, it also gives you the ten basic steps, uh, turns, easy dances, class dance, and the tips section. Um, if you just Google like we did, Line Dance. Line Dance Teacher Certification, it gives you a bunch of different ones depending on what you might be into. Uh, not necessarily know who might recognize any of them, but... <laughs> and you, that's the thing. That's the thing. You know. That, so right. one more thing I'm going to throw into the works while I'm on it is, is it important to be accredited? See, I said from the beginning, I don't think so. Is it important to have a certificate? Now... I don't think it will be because the problem is, the question is who is going... Yeah. We're in a social world. We're yeah. not yeah, yeah. we're not the UCBDC and stuff yes. like that. In some cases, like let's say you're teaching for um a senior facility or a government facility, you may need to have some sort of, of um certification. I know some of them actually require that from their teachers. So check that out. I mean if you're if you're gonna go work for let's say you live in an assist you know, you live in a um what's the word I want? Like one of those Old people. Assisted living senior. <laughs> old people, old places. Sorry. Yep, I know what you're talking about. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, they may need you to have some sort of, you know, like you are actually 
trained to teach. You know, some of those places require it, or government, some sort of, because um, I've done workshops at buildings where it's a government building, and everybody had to be either have a, um, what do I, what do you call it? Like um, A lot of people make sure you have insurance. Yes. Or, you have to be or, insured. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, CPR. Like, oh, CPR like, training, like yes. In case somebody, you know, you yes. need to know that. Or they may require certain certain certifications. I know a lot of people, um, depending on where you teach, will require uh, you to have uh, teacher insurance in case someone gets hurt. Same yep. thing with CPR trained. As well as the big one, and we didn't even touch on this, having your music license. Ooh, yeah. We didn't even touch on that. That might have to be another one that we can <laughs> talk about because that one, you might not get me to shut up on that because <laughs> – yeah, we ain't even going to go there. <laughs> but yeah, those are some sites in the question. I, I do. I said this from the get go, and as we did this, we talked about this on the radio show that we did. Just did. A lot of people asked, "Do you think it matter?" And I want to say it will, <laughs> but I have a hard time believing that the people will put in the effort. Yeah. Will some put in the effort to get it? If we had the option, yes. Will it matter? And will it, I don't. Will I think it helped them get hired easier? No. No. It. 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 it honestly. Because if push comes to shove, if I if, if if I have an accreditation and Mr. Robinson doesn't, <laughs> Mr. Robinson is still getting booked over me any day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's just how it is. And no offense, it's how it should be. That's just that's just common sense. Having an having an accreditation or certificate or master in a syllabus. Yeah. When I did when I did the NTA training, it wasn't to get the accreditation. It was because I thought the training was valuable. Right, it gave me information that was useful to me at the time. That's why I did it, um, and I'm glad I did. I'm not sad I did it. I actually, you know, it was maybe I, that's an idea. Maybe we just put on a whole weekend event, and ooh, ooh. all we do is teach different classes uh, on different stuff like technique, how technique, to how to teach, uh, technique to for this dance. This is waltz 101 oh, yeah. thing. And that's how the workshop is for the whole weekend. Throw in a dance, throw in a dance every so often, but the dance be, and I don't want to say it, use a dance that is specifically written to throw a thing, but find dances. Believe it or not, some people out there who choreograph know how to do this already <laughs> uh, that are very technically sound dancers that write dances that are very technically sound. There's a reason they're comp they're picked as yeah. competition dances. Right. So that's a, maybe I that's like not that. a bad idea. I actually really like that idea. And then at night, Get to just have the social dancing. It might not be a bad train, 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 train. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to learn dances because th then I have to remember everything. It doesn't really have that same effect when you're learning technique. Yeah, you're putting in the work and you're making that your brain hurt. really cool. That is a brilliant idea. I really like it. Sometimes you, you know. But I know. Sorry. <laughs> I love how he says that. Sometimes, you know, every now and again I have. I, 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 we need to pursue that, Kelly. I have that a is, head. That is an amazing idea. And, and. I think that would be really beneficial to a lot of people because to be to be quite serious, I know sometimes we we say like, oh, nobody cares, nobody would do it, but I don't feel that's true because well, when I travel, there's a lot of times when I go to these little mini workshops I do, right. even bars and stuff, and people will say to me, just the way you explain that thing makes it so much easier. I wish we had more of that. I wish there was you know more opportunities right. to learn stuff like that. And you can't really do it in a class, in a situation like that. You don't want to spend, you know, 30 minutes trying to explain how, oh, this is how yeah. you should execute this move. So I really feel that would be, uh, that would go over really well. I think and we should pursue I think, it. And I, I, I think it's not that we don't think no one cares. Because, you know, on the, we, this was brought up earlier too, that obviously people care because they get up and watch, listen and, and pay attention. 
The question is how much. Yeah. Because in order to make anything successful, there has to be a majority. Okay? If you only have 100 people out of 100,000, is it – yes, 100 people are happy, but that's not the majority. That's not what's going to make something continue. You have to have it to where it appeals to the mass, yeah. not just that little percentage. Right. So there's your kicker. Do I think this is? A, do I think accreditation and syllabuses are a great idea because everyone gets on the same page? Absolutely. Do I think enough people think it's important enough to make a difference? Not a chance, unfortunately. <laughs> but, the, but the ones who really appreciate it, right? There's and the ones who've been wanting it for a long time. I really feel that might be the approach to do is actually just do a workshop and give them, you know, give them incentives. Have shrimp. Or <laughs> what is shrimp gonna do as an incentive? I, I don't, know. don't people love shrimp? I'm no, I'm like you know, like for your lunch, you know, whatever, you, whatever you do at this workshop, give them like extra, like okay, you know, it's gonna be a lot of work to come learn all this technique. Give them like cool little perks, you know, like have shrimp. I really don't know where he came up with the shrimp idea. Because <laughs> don't people really love shrimp? I don't eat shrimp, but you know what I mean. Like, Some people do, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I know what you mean. Give them what, that extra bonus. Yeah, pack. give them that. What extra, I meant when we started yeah. talking about this, like, is that program worth it to you to go? So give them the bang for their yeah, buck. Yes, give them some re- like really cool reason to want to attend and participate. Right. So, but uh, hope you like that, guys. If you can, if you want to, please send us feedback. Let us know. Send it to John or myself. Um, I think we're just talk about this right before we decide to record this. We're going to set up a Facebook page for this podcast. Um, that way you can uh, share your info, send your questions in, share your thoughts and feelings, and uh, we can talk about each episode. But uh, Your feedback is really important to yes. us. And I also want to say, tell your friends. Share the podcast with, like, send the links to your friends. If you're a teacher, you know, let your students know about it. Um, maybe you don't want them to know this information. <laughs> but but um, we want to cover more topics that you really want to hear about. So... The only way we're going to know that, I mean, we have our list. We've exhausted most of the things on my list already, but we want to know, like, what do you really want to hear us talk about? Right. So that's part of the goal of having the page, the, the social media page. But you can help by just sharing the word, like spread it, share it on your Facebook, on your social media, you know, share the links to the podcast, um, because the more feedback we get, the more we can provide material that you actually find interesting and useful. And I think one of the great things that we've done with this podcast is actually provided information that's really useful and helpful to you as well as being yeah. you know, somewhat titillating and a little and saucy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well guys until the next episode this has been controversial conversations i'm kelly cavalera and i'm john robinson also known as mr showcase and until next time see ya